Hi there, Sabres fans, and thank you, as always, for tuning into another episode of the Sabre Talk podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about both the Bruins game on Friday and the Capitals game on Saturday. I apologize, I wasn't able to get one out in between those two games. I had family kind of unexpectedly come into town this weekend, so I I really had to spend my entire weekend hosting and doing things with them. But thanks for bearing with me, and... I'll discuss both games in one podcast today. So, Sabres came out of Friday's game against the Bruins with a 4-1 loss, and then, very surprisingly, won 4-1, really dominated that game in all aspects, against the Washington Capitals, who are really the class of the Eastern Conference right now. Um, there was a lot to lot to talk about about this weekend. You had two pretty major pieces returning in Robin Leonard and Mark Pesic. Leonard played on Friday. Pesic didn't get in the lineup until Saturday. Uh, but before even talking about them specifically, Pesic coming back into the lineup, it pushed Zach Bogosian to the left side to play with Rasmus Ristolainen on the first pairing. And I thought they looked great on, on Saturday. And I don't know if it's going to be if if they're always going to play that well together or if it was just kind of you know a move sometimes when you move pieces around the lineup there can be instant success and they kind of regress to the regress to the mean and they don't look as good going forward but if those two guys can play that well together Bogosian really looked energized and was physical it can be a nice compliment to Ristolainen while he is physical enough uh, to get by he's not that's not the best part of his game and he's much more about moving the puck and making smooth defensive plays and he'll he'll take the body when he needs to and you know give a guy a shot when he needs to but that's not really his his bread and butter so if Bogosian can bring that element next to him and be competent on the left side where I know that he's struggled earlier on in his career but if he can look good next to Ristolainen that would be huge and you've got a quality top pairing and not have to worry necessarily about going out and getting a lefty for Ristolainen this offseason you can instead focus on getting somebody that can play next to Mark Pesic on the second pairing. It really would help the it would help the defense fill out fill out really well. And if you're more comfortable with Bogosian being on the left side, if Pesic isn't necessarily comfortable playing on that side, then you don't have to worry about making that switch with Pesic. So that was good to see. Hopefully they can keep playing together. I'd like to see you know either Pesic on the left side next to Ristolainen or Bogosian on the left side next to Ristolainen for the rest of the year, and hope that you can have a solid pairing there going into next year with one of those long-term pieces. I really would prefer for Josh Georges not to be up there because it's pretty obvious he's not part of the long-term core here. And I would really love for at least that to be settled going into the offseason and have one less thing to worry about. Um, Pesic, in his return, he looked he looked great. He was his typical steadying influence, his typical just smooth self, doesn't make mistakes. You don't notice him a ton out there because he's making the right play every time, and, and you like to see that out of a defenseman. So when he stepped into the lineup, Georges was out, uh, and he's out day-to-day with a with an upper body injury. He's supposed to make the road trip with the Sabres, so that means that it, it shouldn't be a long-term injury. But when Georges does return, it means they're going to have to make a decision. And do you bring... Georgeson, which I assume they would. I assume he's going to be in the lineup. He's one of the top six defensemen on this team. Do you take out Mike Weber? Um, do you take out Jake McCabe and maybe send Jake McCabe back to Rochester? 
and I'm not really sure. Mike Weber's been much better recently, and he's he's actually formed a pretty decent third pairing with with Cody Franson. You could also take Cody Franson out of the lineup and move Bogosian back to the right side, but then you've got arguably your three best defensemen down the right side, and your left side still looks pretty pretty weak. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm not really sure which I would lean toward the most. I know a lot of people are calling for McCabe to go down because he has struggled a bit recently. But in a developmental year like this, I'd like to still see him up here getting big minutes. I think Weber makes the most sense to pull out just because I think he's either gone at the deadline or at the end of the year and he's not going to be here moving forward. So I'd rather McCabe, with all his growing pains, to be out there. I don't know how much he has left to learn necessarily going back to Rochester for the rest of the year when he's already been exposed to the NHL for this long. So I think that's why I would do it. would be more from a from a futures perspective. So bring Georges in, pull Weber out, have maybe Georges and um, Franson as the third pairing, and then McCabe and Pesic together on the second pairing, and then Bogosian Ristolainen on the first pairing. Because McCabe and Pesic looked good earlier in the year when they played together initially maybe you can get that going again and then hopefully continue the success with the Bogosian Ristolainen pairing and then I think George is a pretty good compliment for for France and the only thing that that's tough about them is neither of them are very good skaters but it's not like Weber was a world-class skater playing with France neither and they they figured out how to make it work so that's probably what what I would lean toward and I like keeping eight defensemen personally eight healthy defensemen if you can do it, if you've got eight NHL caliber defensemen. So to have Weber and Koliakovo sitting, that's not a big deal to me. And I wouldn't want the corresponding roster move to, I wouldn't want them to, to wave Koliakovo and send him down because I like having the flexibility of eight defensemen along with 13 forwards rather than 14 forwards and seven defensemen. And I know that Bilesma has, has said that he doesn't like eight defensemen. Murray has also made comments that he doesn't like having eight defensemen on the roster. So, it may precipitate a roster move from their end, but I have no problem, me personally, having eight defensemen on the roster. And I, I almost wonder if it's because of, if I trace it back to that 2006 playoff run when they got decimated by injuries on the defense and defensive depth was an issue on that team. And though I don't, ex- I wouldn't expect Koliakovo to be claimed with all the guys that have been that have been waived and. Have, have cleared waivers and have been able to be sent down. I wouldn't expect him to be waived, but you never know. You never know if you may lose a guy and now all of a sudden your defensive depth in the organization is, is that much weaker. So that'll be interesting to see how it plays out, and we'll probably know sometime this week whenever Georges is healthy unless he unless he has a setback. Um, Leonard in his return on Friday, he was, really a, he was really a mixed bag, so I liked... Throughout a lot of the game, his rebound control, I thought he was doing a, he was being very calm in goal, and he was, he was really, any rebounds that he did let up were right in front of him. He could cover them very quickly. He wasn't giving up juicy rebounds. Then in the third period, he gave up a softy, and, you know, that's kind of what we've seen from the goaltending all year, the inability to put together a 60-minute game. But you can tell with Leonard the the type of talent he has. He's big. He's huge in goal. And he can move. He's definitely got more than enough athleticism at that size to be a good goalie. And so if he can harness that rebound control that we saw for a lot of that game, then he really could be a, a legitimate number one goalie. 
And I like his chances to do that. I hated the initial trade by Murray. I still hate it, and I probably always will hate it unless he becomes, you know, a, a top 15 goalie. I'd really hope for a top 10 goalie giving up that kind of pick in the draft. Um, so I'll always hate it, but I I really liked taking the chance on Leonard as a prospect. I just didn't think it would take that kind of price to get him, to both have to give up uh, the 21st overall pick and to take back David Legwand's contract along with Leonard. So I'm always going to hate the trade, but I was – I was an advocate of taking a chance on Leonard leading up to that because I do think he's still very young. He's got a pretty impressive resume, and when he's been on throughout his NHL career, he's been incredible. He's had several stretches where he's been putting up 940, 950 type save percentages, and he's a guy that can get into his own and looks unscorable. Like it looks impossible. It looks impossible to score on him. So. If he can harness that type of talent, which makes those types of runs possible, then we really may have a real number one goalie here. And I like his ability to put that together, assuming that he can stay healthy. So really just for him to get out of that game healthy, I was happy with. I'm looking forward to see how he looks the next game. I'm trying not to be too critical and focus just on the price they gave up to him and hold him to a different standard than I would have otherwise. So I think I'm being pretty fair by saying that game one was in mixed bag. I, it wouldn't have been fair, fair for me to expect a world beater right away coming back from being injured that long. So when Leonard came up, they sent down Linus Olmark to the, to the minors. He's going to be able to get a run as the number one goalie down in Rochester. And they now have three goalies down there. So I'm not sure if they're going to hold three goalies or if they're going to send one of them down to Elmira and the ECHL. But they've also got Andre Makarov and Nathan Lewin down there. And I think Lewin would make the most sense to, to, to move down to the ECHL if they decide to to go that route, if they don't want to hold three goalies there. But it's going to be great for Olmark. He, he's really the important one to worry about. The other two likely aren't going to be anything for this organization in the future other than minor league goalies. So Olmark will get a nice run as the number one goalie down there. It'll be nice to see what he can do with a team that's pretty poor defensively. He's going to be facing a lot of shots on goal each night. So to see, see what he can do down there and to give him a, a pretty long run as the number one goalie, either for the rest of the year or maybe if Chad Johnson could be dealt for a mid-round pick or some small asset at the deadline to give a team a quality backup heading down the stretch and some goaltending depth down the stretch. Now, Chad Johnson, to segue into him, he looked great in the game on Saturday against, against Washington. He ended up letting up one goal in the third to ruin his shutout, but I mean, that was a great shot. You can't, can't blame him for that. And he just did a great job all game. He was, he stoned the Capitals quite a few times. He faced some high quality chances and he was doing what he had to do. He wasn't giving up juicy rebounds. Like you see a lot from him. He he didn't give up his typical soft goal. You see once a game from him when he starts, like even when he's, even when he's looking good for two periods, say, He'll give up a softie in the third period and give one up at the worst possible time. But I thought he looked really good on, on Saturday, and it was a nice response from him after not having played for a little while. And to losing the job to Linus Omar kind of before Omar went down, and now with Leonard coming back, you know Chad Johnson is going to be the backup. For him to come out and play that kind of game after having that pressure on him, because if he had come out and bombed, then there would have been a lot of calls for Linus Olmark to come back up and to, to get the games when Leonard wasn't starting because Chad Johnson isn't a good goalie. There would have been 
a lot of that type of stuff flowing around the fan base. But he showed he can be a good backup goalie, and I think that he is a good backup goalie. When you don't have to lean on him as a starter like the Sabres had to do for quite a bit of this year, he's a good goalie. He puts up about NHL average numbers, maybe slightly below average, and that's really all you can expect out of your backup when in in the cap area. You can't expect your backup to come in and post a 9.30 save percentage or anything like that, um, especially on a team that's not very good like the Sabres. So I, I like Chad Johnson, and I I thought it was really nice to see him have that kind of performance, and hopefully he can split 70-30 70, 70, or maybe 65-35 with Robin Leonard until Leonard's really got his feet under him, and then maybe maybe push push some more of the games to Leonard. Um, another big story this weekend was the bottom six stepping up, and they got goals from from Leguan, Schaller, and Veroni, and that's been the team's problem all year is getting getting production from their lesser-known, lesser-played players, and that's a big reason why they were able to beat the Capitals. They were able to get goals from Schaller and Veroni, who had just been called up from Rochester to take the place of Zembis Gergensens, who's hurt. I'll talk about that in a minute, but... To be able to get some offensive production and some chances, you know, if you if you watch, especially the Washington game, the all the lines were getting chances. All the lines were were getting puck possession time in the offensive zone and were putting some pressure on the Capitals. It wasn't just focusing on, okay, the O'Reilly line or the Eichel line has to has to get us a goal tonight or we're going to get shut out. It was all these lines look pretty look pretty dangerous and they're all doing what they need to do to contribute. And contribute. They don't necessarily always have to have to score every game, each line, but to put some pressure on the opponent and to not have all the offensive pressure put on those top two lines every single night, which is what was happening for a while, what was happening over that six-game losing streak. And it's pretty incredible that when they do get production out of the bottom six, they they win more often than not. So hopefully that can continue going forward. I thought Schaller, he, he's had a pretty good run since he got called back up. I was not impressed with him earlier in the year when he came up, but he's looking like a, like a really nice top call up right now. And when everybody's healthy, he probably eventually will go back down, but it's nice to have a guy like that, that you can, that you can bring up and with, with the way he's played this call up, not look out of place and can fill in pretty well in that bottom six. And Veroni always, you can tell he's not a, he's probably not going to be an NHL regular anywhere, but he's a guy who brings a lot of offense in the AHL and when you bring him up, he seems to make an impact. He plays hard. He may not be ideal for a bottom six role, but he's another nice call-up to have, and a guy that I hope they can keep in the organization moving forward as one of the veterans in the top six down there. Like I like him a lot with, uh, with youngsters down there and helping to develop them, be able to play with a, with a guy that's seen it all down in the AHL, but also doesn't look out of place when he gets called up. So it was good to see for him. For him to come up and to be able to instantly create some offense. Um, I alluded to it before, but Zemgus Gergensen is now out with an upper body injury, and he is not going to make the road trip with the Sabres. So he's going to be out at least the next two games, and we'll see after that what happens with him. And so you're going to have Veroni up here a little bit longer. Ennis is still out. They're 
they're probably the least banged up, well, at least before these two injuries, they were definitely the least banged up they've been all year. But this is about par for the course at this at this point in the season. They're missing Ennis and Gergensen's two of their two of their most important forwards. Not their not their most important forwards. And then Georges, who you can argue is maybe the fourth or fifth defenseman on this team. But now they've got their their goalie back, Pesic back, who's their number two or number three defenseman, and a lot of the core is healthy. So what you see with this team is pretty much what you're going to get at this point. When they get Ennis and Gergensen's back, that'll be that'll be when we really can evaluate the whole forward core. But right now it's it's not like we can sit here and say, oh well, now they're they're missing their number one goalie, so we can't really judge this team until they have him back. And oh, they're missing Pasek. We really can't judge this defense until he gets back. They're starting to get to this point where this is the team that they are, and there aren't many excuses anymore. So going into this stretch, I'm going to be very interested to see how they play, if they can keep up this pretty good play we've seen. They've won three of four, and see if they can if they can bring that type of play consistently, how they were able to win two away games. Minnesota and Winnipeg, those aren't powerhouses in the Central Division, but still better teams than the Sabres, I would argue. And then to beat one of the league's best teams, the Capitals, at home was pretty nice as well. So let's see if they can bring that consistently. If Lennon can, can be an upgrade over what they've had in in Olmark and Johnson, and if Pesic can really realize that pairing, hopefully, and if Bogosian and Ristolainen can look good together. And on Monday, they they travel to Arizona to play the Coyotes, the very surprising Coyotes. I think most people expected them to be about where the Sabres are in the standings right now, but they've they've admittedly uh, they've they've played in a weak Pacific division, probably the worst division in hockey, and so that's helped them. They haven't had to play quite the same tough slate of divisional games a lot of other teams have had to play. But still, especially with Mike Smith going down, the way that they've played has been incredible. Dave Tippett it just goes a very good coach, and despite what happened last year and how bad they were last year, that's a it's a quality team. They they brought up a lot of youngsters and they went out and signed a lot of guys, one and two year deals and free agency, smaller deals, kind of stopgap type deals. But Tippett's brought all those pieces together. And the young guys have played much better than I think anybody could have expected. You look at Max Domi specifically, but also Anthony Duclair, uh, Tobias Reeder, guys like that that have stepped up and have produced much more than you would have expected. And then also Shane Doan has had a has a completely rejuvenated and has played incredibly compared to whatever you, you may have expected out of him because he did not look good last year. And... He looked like he was sharply on the decline, but he's he's played great. Oliver Ekman Larson, I love on the back end. He's really he's like the better Ristolainen on that team, and he's the number one guy that they can lean on in every single situation, and that can can play really as many minutes as you want him to on a given night. And then in goal, um, Deming has looked very good since Smith went down, and they may now have a goalie of the future there because Smith Smith looked. He was up and down before he got hurt. He was not good at all last year. And then they also had Lynn back, who went down with an injury, who I think looked pretty decent before he went down. Looked decent for a backup, for sure. Um, but Deming has, has played great since he came up. So 
I'd expect him to get the start on Monday. I don't really know one way or, one way or another. It's not like I'm intimately familiar with, with them and how their goaltending typically is is handed out. But I would expect Deming to get the start, and I also would expect Leonard to get the start for the Sabres on Monday. So that should be the matchup you see. Um, I don't expect any changes in the Sabres lineup. We'll see if any new injuries come out or anything, but it sounds like Georges and Gergensen's will be out another game, at least. Gergensen isn't going to make the isn't going to make the road trip, so he's going to be out the next two. Georges maybe will play the second game of that road trip, but I wouldn't expect any changes in the Sabers lineup. Uh, so hopefully they can come out and play like they did in in Washington. I I don't blame Biles, but I wouldn't make any changes unless there were guys coming back from injury. But I wouldn't make any changes in the lineup either, except maybe the the goaltender. I would probably go with Leonard again. So that should be an interesting game. Two teams that uh, made some headlines last year when they were going for that that 30th spot, and how uh, in Buffalo Sabres fans cheered when Sam Gagne scored the game-winning goal. So we've come a long way from that point. It's not like the Sabres are significantly better than than that team necessarily was, at least at least in the standings. They're a lot better when it comes to the eye test. But it'll be nice to see this team these two teams playing in a in a competitive game where the Coyotes are actually gunning for a playoff spot and the Sabres are trying to pull themselves out of the gutter. So sh- so it should be an entertaining game. It's at um I believe nine Eastern time on Monday. So enjoy that game. I should have a podcast out after that. Uh we'll be able to talk about Leonard, how does how does he look on Monday, assuming that he gets the start? Do Bogosian and Ristolainen stay together? Do, do they continue to look good? Does the bottom six continue to pro- continue to provide some offense? And uh, we'll talk then. Thank you so much again for listening. It was a pretty good weekend of hockey, a good weekend of football as well. So um, I'll be looking forward to getting back to third game in four nights for the Sabres. Thanks again for listening, and... Enjoy.